With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here I am, Lakey on the radio. Uh, hallelujah. Isn't that exciting for you? I hope so. Uh, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton come up in one hour. Uh, the big dogs of talk radio. I'm just a little chihuahua. Red-headed stepchild of talk radio. You know that for sure. Uh, but uh, here I am. I faithfully show up here for my abusive. Uh, yeah, maybe here I am. Uh <laughs> My somebody said your career's on fire. I said, yeah, like a crashing airplane. It is. It's, it's, it's where that's where we're at. Oh, I don't want to use that segue. Uh, going into aviation travel expert Jay Ratliff, crashing airplane. Sorry about that. <clears throat> uh, we don't want crashing airplanes. Your career's on fire. Yeah, like a Titanic ship. Uh, that's that's what we say. Anyway, good to have you here on the radio program. Somebody also sent me a message. Lakey, did you say you have stand up comics at your charity golf tournament? Would you pay attention? Sit up straight in class and pay attention to what I say. I said that we have a hold that um, uh, we put stand-up comics on, and you can either – they have a, a bucket that's called Shut the Buck, B-U-C-K, Buck Up, and you put money in there, and they don't heckle you. But if you – you can then put money in the other bucket, and they, you can heckle your friends or, hey, you know, the guy in the next foursome. It, it's fun. And that, that the comics uh, this year are sponsored by Lehman Lewis. So, yes, there's not every hole. It's, it's a fun tournament. That's what I'm saying. So – Somebody else sent me a message. Sounds like your tournament is not for serious golfers. No, you can be serious as you want to be. But the winner of the tournament every year is the guy that buys the most mulligans and strings, all that stuff. It's a fundraiser, for goodness sake. We're raising money for kids. <clears throat> if, you, if you're trying to get on the tour, you're not going to qualify for the tour uh, at my tournament on September the 8th. You're not going to qualify for the tour there. But... You will get a lot of beverages and food at my tournament, and you may get insulted by stand-up comics. I'm just saying, and and I may I may I'll hug you if you if you need it. If they, if they hurt your feelings, I'll I'll, I'll hug you if you need to because I'm driving around the golf cart all day. Anyway, good to have you here on the radio show. Jimmy Lakey is my name. If you want to learn more, go to riverspromise.org. Riverspromise.org. Love to hear from you, and uh, love to have you be a part of that event September the eighth. All right. I used the adage uh, burning aircraft, and then I realized that's probably not a great segue to Jay Ratliff, our aviation travel expert. Uh, but indeed, my career is on fire like a sinking Titanic, I think. Uh, Jay Ratliff's aviation travel expert on the hotline. Jay, sorry for making you wait. Welcome to the program, sir. Oh, I, I was more cringing at the, uh, the analogy of the burning airplane more than anything else. I thought, please put some distance between me and that. And you did. Thank you. I did. I, I actually, it shows this show totally adly. But I said it and said, "Oh crap, not a good time to say burning <laughs> airplane." And then I had to stall a little bit, a little song and dance, a little soft shoe. That's what I do. Hey, Jay Ratliff, today is the fifty-fourth anniversary of Neil Armstrong stepping on the surface of the moon. Unless you're a person that doesn't believe that happened, there's probably some people that do. Uh, but it was a small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. Uh, uh, your your thoughts on that, sir? Well, you know, I, I knew Neil. He was from here in Cincinnati for, for about 18 years or so. And uh, we, I, I got to know him through the CEO of TAP Broadcasting, Charlie Meacham, who was one of my business mentors, continues to be for about 50 years. And 
Yeah, it, it was it was nice. Uh, Neil had a, a, a love for aviation, so uh, when he and I would get together, it was it was fun to talk about. He would talk about the things that were current, things that were in the future. A lot of times, though, when you pointed the conversation backwards towards the Apollo days, he'd shut up uh, because to him that was done, and you know it, it wasn't really something that was. He wasn't the kind of guy that lived for the glory days of old. You know, you walk on the moon at 38. Good Lord, how do you how do you top that? But uh, you know, for him, he went to UC as a, an engineering professor. Was there for a number of years, and he was involved in business and did different things. But to him, he was just part of of, of the team of 400,000 people. And if you're ever with him eating, and management came out and said, "Hey, Mr. Armstrong, we're going to pick up your meal," uh, you would see him kind of frown and say, "No, you are not." Not if you ever expect me to come back. Uh, in other words, you're not going to buy the meal for the 400,000 people that helped the Apollo program. We're all together in it as a team, so you're not going to buy mine. And, you know, Neil told me he would get six-digit offers, figure offers every week for an endorsement. And he constantly turned it down because, to him, it just was not right for him to make money off of something that was just something he was to be a part of. And when you look at Neil Buzz and Michael Collins, those guys thought they would come back after that Apollo 11 mission and would end up resuming their duties as astronauts. And NASA looked at them as national treasures and would not let them do that. And that was very disappointing. But one thing of note that I like, because it ties into aviation, is Neil was not the first choice for the commander of Apollo 11. It was actually hmm. Frank, Frank Borman. And Frank, of course, became, uh, as an astronaut, he went to the moon and, and orbited, uh, read a Bible verse as they came across the horizon, which freaked out all the liberals, and I loved it. Uh, but uh, Frank turned it down. And Frank later became the CEO of Eastern Airlines many, many years ago. Uh, and I thought that was pretty telling as well. He said, no, I don't want to be the first to walk on the moon. I'll, I'll take this other mission and, and leave it to someone else. And it was assigned to Neil. Huh. Uh, I never, I never knew that he declined it. And uh, uh, let me ask you: Did you ever talk to Neil Armstrong? Did he have any fear, trepidation, stepping out of that capsule, going, "Well, I hope this goes all right"? I mean, <laughs> how confident was he that this was going to be all right, and he wasn't going to incinerate on touching this surface that for uh, millennials had been up there, and we don't know what to do with it? Well, you know, I, one of the things that he was always cognizant of is that everybody did their best to get them there. And he and Buzz, for the most part, uh, it was, let's not do anything wrong because we've got everybody counting on us, the team, and we need to do everything that we could. And what was interesting was that when Buzz was getting out of the, the uh, uh, lunar module there, um, he hit the ignition switch and broke it. Now, keep in mind, this is an ignition switch that you hit that gets your butt off the moon back up to Michael Collins, who's in the command module. So when they get back in, they notice on the floor uh, of, the, of the cabin this broken-off piece. They no longer can use it to ignite the engine to get them off the moon. Yeah, that's a problem. So, so Buzz, who, who's an unbelievable engineer, in fact, he's the one that modeled the uh, in-flight uh, two spacecraft uh, you know, uh, maneuver. Uh, uh, he created that. Um, he's brilliant, he thought, well, what can I do? He gets an ink pen and uses that to ignite the engine, and that got him off the moon. <laughs> so, you know, it was improvised 101, but when you look at Neil as a test pilot, Buzz, the brilliant engineer that he was, Michael Collins, the unbelievable mathematician that was like Rain Man-type smart, 
he would be the individual that if there was a last-minute course correction that had to be figured in your head, Michael Collins was the one to do it. These just weren't three astronauts that were randomly picked, thrown in there, and let's send them to the moon. These guys were specifically picked. You look at the Gemini emergency that Neil was a part of before the Apollo 11 uh, program, and you see his very calm demeanor when they were about to die. Buzz Aldrin was brilliant on the maneuvering of, of the aircraft and, and things that were related to space travel. Michael Collins was a, mechan- uh, was a math genius. And those three were the perfect pick. And, uh, yeah, it was fun being, being around Neil. One time I, I kind of forgot who he was, and you'll appreciate this because it made me look stupid. I got a call from the Secret Service. Secret Service in Cincinnati said, hey, Air Force One is here. Would you like to come take a tour? I said, yeah, I've never seen it. That'd be great. So I called Neil, who's also an aviation geek. Neil, would you like to go see Air Force One? <laughs> this is Neil Armstrong. He yeah. says, Jay, I'd love to, but I've been on it five times. And I thought, oh, gosh, of course you have. Of I just course. had forgot who he was, and I felt like an idiot in the process. But I think that's why he kept me around, because uh, I was kind of the, <laughs> the idiot of the group. Uh, the village idiot. Uh, we we call you it. aviation travel expert. That's what we call you. <laughs> I don't care what he calls you. I called you an aviation travel expert. I appreciate I- it. Uh, anyway, and, look, and one last thing, when they got the Congressional Medal of Honor, November 2011, he gets the phone call that he, John Glenn, Collins, and Buzz are getting this Congressional Medal of Honor. He said, that's great, can you mail it to me? <laughs> and they said, no, there's a kind of a ceremony you have to go through, so he had to go to Washington, D.C. To, to do it. But, yeah, I miss Neil. He, he, was, uh, he was a fun one to talk to, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it just uh, today was a day that the whole world came together as one 54 years ago, and I think that's pretty cool. 54 years ago today, Neil Armstrong stuck his feet on the moon, and uh, that day shall live in, not infamy, but fame, and uh, we still celebrate it today. All right, very quickly, uh, Jay Ratliff, let me uh, dive into a couple of other stories. Everybody Mm -hmm. in Colorado knows United Airlines, and we've uh, we've, we've heard recently United Airlines, their CEO, has been having some controversy, uh, but they just released some profits, and it shows that uh, the bottom line uh, in the pocketbook for United Airlines doesn't look too shabby. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, look, they canceled almost 4,000 flights in the last two weeks of June. Couldn't do anything right. Scott Kirby's flying all over the country. Whoops, on a private airplane, not United. And yesterday they announced they made more than $1 billion in profit in the second quarter. Record. Absolute record. Also, United indicated that uh, they're going to have to raise, gladly, the, the forecast of the third quarter. They're also going to raise their full-year profit. And thank God they got the pilot agreement locked in. Otherwise, the pilots would want more. But United is, even with all the faults they had, they have really, really been doing great. Sock, I think, is at $57 a share. came into the year at about 38 39 so it's up 40% or something. But United's doing very, very well, and hopefully they can keep it up. Uh, let me ask you this one. Uh, you sent me a link here. I found it interesting. The FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, is providing videos now to explain <laughs> delays of weather. We need uh, follow the bouncing ball. Here's what we mean. Well, here's the, here's why they're doing it. United Airlines CEO Scott hmm. Kirby says a lot of times when there's delays, it's not our fault, folks. The air traffic controllers have a shortage, and the FAA is looking at them like it's weather. What are you talking about? So they're like, okay, and I love this. They're pushing back with a little sass. I love it. The FAA is now posting videos when there's a stormy weather event and that when there's a significant uh, air traffic delay, 
they're posting this video with air traffic controllers like they're, you know, TV meteorologist kind of thing, showing the delay, showing the weather, showing how it works in very clear, uh, easy-to-understand language so people recognize it's not the FAA. It's the air traffic control system responding to the weather event, and it's kind of a pushback-in-your-face kind of thing to the people that want to blame them for things, and I absolutely love it. They throw this out on Twitter and other things, and it's... It educates the, the traveling public, which I love, and it also slaps up the side of the head uh, some of these airline CEOs <laughs> that want to, uh, you know, blame uh, the FAA. I love it. Uh, Jay Ratliff, aviation travel expert. What's it like traveling across the country today, sir? Well, United speaking, Denver seems to be the only real issue of the day with some thunderstorms rolling through there on and off today. And other than that, they're kind of the problem child of the day, and that should be it. The rest of the country, in honor of the 54th. Uh, anniversary of the moon landing. It looks like it's going to be the best day of the week we've had to travel. You got it. Jay Ratliff, always a pleasure. Your website, jratliff.com. I know you got other stuff to do. Jay Ratliff, R-A-T-L-I-F-F, jratliff.com. Uh, make sure you reach out. If you've got an aviation question, uh, reach out to him there. Now, if you go to jratliff.com, uh, you will see a, a lot of information about day trading. And uh, he's a prolific day trade teacher, and he's on a lot of radio shows talking about day trading. But uh, don't panic if you see that. Go to jratliff.com, and if it says day trading, you got the right guy, and you can still message him there and say, hey, I listen to you the Lakey Show. If you got an aviation question, travel question, he can help. We'll be glad to answer you. And if nothing else, we'll talk about it the next time we come on the Absolute Radio Show. All right. Glad to have everybody here on the program. I, it really is fascinating. I wish I could uh, listen to this audio. This is a hearing I'd be actually interested in. I'm not exactly sure who's on. Uh, there's a Maya Wiley. Uh, she's a civil rights attorney talking about uh, government censorship. Uh, she's with RFK Jr. And it's fascinating. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., They uh, one side said, we got to dismiss. We can't have him here. And then he gets up and says, listen, it's both sides of you. Both of you have, have, have critiqued me and criticized and misrepresented me and censored me. And uh, he, it was a, it's a fascinating conversation. And watching him, it looks like, again, I'm only looking at body language, but it looks like he's very animated in this hearing. Now, they moved on. He's not the centerpiece of it. Uh, he's one of five panel members that they uh, have up there. So it's not like the, he's uh, uh, giving him the hot seat so that he can promote it. No, he's, he's one of five. There's civil rights attorneys up there. Uh, there's other attorneys up there talking about government censorship and the government using its power uh, to censor thought that is not deemed accept, accessible by the government itself. So anyway, we'll, we'll follow it. I, I wish I could do the audio. I'm sure uh, Clay Travis Buck Sexton, I'm guessing Sean Hannity will probably have some of that audio. But from what I can tell, uh, just watching it on a couple of news monitors, it looks like it's quite a fun hearing. And uh, again, uh, it probably wouldn't be getting any daylight except that they moved to dismiss the censorship hearing and said, let's censor it. And that caused everybody to pay attention to it. Like the Jason Aldean video. Nobody's paying attention to the damn Jason Aldean video until they try to censor it and now everybody downloading the video. Number one on iTunes yesterday. Why? Because they tried to censor the, the, the song by Jason Aldean. So uh, it, there's a lot of backfiring going on. And I think this committee that is about government censorship probably would not have seen much of the light of the day except... <clears throat> Uh, people said, we got to cancel this committee hearing about censorship. We can't have a censorship hearing. And all of a sudden, people are paying attention to this hearing. Uh, here's a trend. This has nothing to do with politics. Uh, and I, I have a theory, and I think it's, I, I think they, I think it's cooperated. 
The Wall Street Journal has just done a big article on an emerging trend. And it's basically that we're all becoming early birds. You know, it used to be go get the early bird special, the blue plate special, and that was that was reserved for the senior citizens. The old folks ate early because they went to bed early. Well, if this trend keeps going, um, uh, pretty soon grandma and grandpa are going to have to start having their dinner about noontime because the Wall Street Journal just did a big article on an emerging trend, and suddenly a lot more of us are now early birds, and for some reason. Restaurants say they are now seating 10% uh, of their customers between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m., and that's up 5% from pre-COVID. So they're, they're seating a lot more people between 2 and 5, which used to be a dead time at a restaurant right before dinner time. They're also closing earlier uh, because it doesn't make financial sense for restaurants to stay open so late. If you get a reservation at 7 p.m., it can be much easier uh, than 5 p.m. now. A lot of reservations centers are saying, no, we're, 5 p.m. reservation is very popular. 7 p.m. a lot easier to get. That used to be the opposite. And there's also a new trend that the kitchens are closing on average now, even at fine restaurants at 8 o'clock. I'll get into more of these details. What do you think is driving it? I'll give you the theory that uh, I thought when I read it and then I read the theory of the experts, they think it's the same thing. Uh, America has become early birds. What about you? Are you an early bird now? The early bird gets the worm and the early bird gets the, uh, I guess, the dinner reservation as well. Everybody stand by. It's not just restaurants. It's also Broadway. America has become early birds. We talk about it next on the radio show, Lakey 600 KCOL. Stick around. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy, 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 joy, joy. Uh, yes, I am. Glad to have you. Hey, this portion of the program, I do want to get to this uh, story about the trends of earlier eating and earlier. It's just, it's fascinating. And there's two theories I'll float to you. And I, 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 I float to one of the theories, and then I'm reading the analysis in the Wall Street Journal. And some people agree with my theory. So that's good to know. I just saw the headline. I said, I bet this is the reason as I read the data. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a moment. This portion of the program that was brought to you by Dan Kappel's Law. You ever had that situation? I had a friend uh, call uh, a while back and say, Jimmy, uh, this has happened. This has happened. I, we, Our family needs a, um, a, a wrongful, an attorney that can take on a wrongful death situation. A very horrible tragedy hit the family, and I will spare you of details. And they said, who do you recommend? And without hesitation, I said, I want you to call Dan Kaplis. And I gave that family Kaplis' uh, cell phone number, and uh, he's helped them. And uh, let's just say... Uh, Insurance companies know when Dan Kaplis is the lawyer, they know who the big time lawyers are. And if you're if you're in a wrongful death, a personal injury case, you're trying to just get what you deserve. And insurance companies ain't just doling stuff out for for, for fun. They're going to fight you, but they also know who the big-time lawyers are. They know who's willing to go to trial. They know who wins at trial. And if the insurance companies, if you want them to take you seriously, you got to have a big-time lawyer. 
And just like I did with my friend when they called me and told me the horrible situation they were facing, I, I, I tell you the same thing I told them. you got to call Dan Kaplis. Listen, his last 14 jury trials, if it gets to the jury trial, he does out, the, the out-of-court settlements, the, the settlements of a pre-trial, uh, they're often amazing as well. But his last 14 jury trials, Dan, has won far more than the insurance company's best offer. Oftentimes, 10 times more than the best offer. Uh, they didn't know who they were messing with. They were messing with Dan Kaplis. He is a big-time lawyer, and the insurance companies know it. If you're facing a wrongful death, a personal injury case, listen, I want you to reach out to dancaplislaw.com, dancaplislaw.com. He takes these righteous injury cases on on a percentage fee basis. And so that means great people like you, like me, from all walks of life without regard to the ability to pay can get the elite level of legal representation, usually reserved for the rich, the powerful, and the famous. Again, righteous injury cases on a percentage fee basis. He takes on big-time cases, and uh, and it's a serious firm for serious cases. DanCaplisLaw.com, Dan Kaplis, C-A-P-L-I-S, DanCaplisLaw.com, 970 Nine seven zero seven eight five five thousand. Make sure you tell Dan that his old buddy Jimmy Lanky, your favorite radio guy, is telling you to call him nine seven nine seven zero seven eight five five thousand. DanCaplesLaw dot com. Uh, a lot of you heard the weather alert. Uh, there's what sixteen right now. I believe sixteen. Uh, different urgent weather uh, warnings across Colorado. Kind of unusual for a morning in Colorado. We don't get a lot of that. Uh, Northeast Weld County, Logan County, you're under storm watches this morning. Uh, So be very careful if you are getting advice, if your phone's going off, warning you of severe storms. Uh, just obey it. Get out of the way. Don't get struck with lightning. Watch out for flash flooding. Again, severe weather, uh, especially the northeast part of the state looking at a radar right now. And it's kind of unusual. We're not used to this in the morning. We're used to this in the afternoons and evening in Colorado. So morning storms moving through the area. You heard Jay Ratliff say that uh, that is one of the reasons that uh, Denver is one of the only places uh, with some delays today, and that's because of the storms that have been moving through. And there's a chance we're going to just keep moving through. So anyway, keep your ear right here. You heard the uh, break-in just a moment ago, severe weather alert in Logan County, uh, Weld County, and other other places. There's 16 different weather alerts happening right now, according to the National Weather Service in Colorado. So there is some severe weather. Uh, looking out my window here at the Lake Entertainment Towers, uh, it's cloudy. And cool, but cooler than it normally would be at this time of day. But uh, I have no rain going on. It hasn't rained in a couple of hours here. But wherever you're at could be different. So some severe weather out there. Be very, very careful, my friends. And uh, stay right here. We'll keep you updated if you need to know. But some severe weather alerts, especially in Weld County, Logan County, and some other places. All right. I never did get to this Caldera piece, did I? I teased it in the first hour of the show about Polis's secret police coming for your gas-powered lawnmower. we got to pick up on this uh, because I, I'm so fascinated by the push. Uh, by the way, I, I told you last week, first time I've ridden like a long-term in a, in a, in a, in a Tesla. And what a beautiful car. I, a beautiful, amazing car. It had too many screens. I was, I was, it was an Uber driver, and I was in the back uh, out of town. And the 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 uh, monitor, I guess, is what in the middle. It had the side mirrors, it, like three monitors. I'm like, I should be watching the road if I was driving, not the monitor. So a lot of weird technology. I'd have to get used to it. But it's a beautiful car. But the sad thing, you spend all that money to buy a Tesla, and if you're in some of these states like Colorado that had a heat wave. 
they're actually telling you two things. Number one, don't charge your battery above 70% because it'll get hot and explode and you have to replace the whole battery, and that's tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And never get it below 20 or 30%. In other words, pretty much, hey, it's hot weather. Don't drive your Tesla. Don't drive your Prius. And so a lot of people that spend a lot of money on these cars are like, what the heck are you talking about? And then, of course, you have this ongoing story that in heat waves and severe weather, California is the main one. But other states have kind of said the same thing. Hey, we don't want brownouts. Air conditioners are going. So don't plug in your electric car because... We can't handle the drain on the electricity and we'll have brownouts and blackouts. So they're telling you don't charge your electric car. Now, again, I, if you have a Tesla, I think you have a beautiful car. I'm not opposed to Tesla. I, the Tesla's most beautiful of the EVs that I've seen. I mean, the Prius is just ugly, but, you know, it's, I'm sure it's effective. So I don't begrudge you for having a Tesla, but you got to get ticked off when they told you you're saving the environment to get the Tesla, and God bless you for doing it. And now they tell you you can't plug it in because we don't have enough electricity to uh, turn on air conditionings, and uh, uh, we don't have enough electricity to turn on the air conditioner and plug your Tesla in. It's crazy. And so with that said, uh, many states are also telling you, hey, don't plug in your Tesla, but we're going to require no more gas-powered lawnmowers, no more gas-powered leaf blowers, no more gas-powered weed eaters. Everything's got to be electric. And I'm thinking, we're already struggling with brownouts in many states to keep up with air conditioning during a heat wave. We're already telling people, don't plug in your car because we can't keep up with the electricity. Hey, and now you're telling people to start plugging your lawnmower in. Um, at some point, don't just scratch your head and say, do these people have any clue what they're doing? Uh, do these people understand that um, our electrical grid, which, by the way, comes from fossil fuel, uh, the electricity that you have, uh, came from because of a coal-fired plant, more than likely. Uh, does anybody understand that we can't even produce enough to keep up? It, it's really bizarre, kind of a circular firing squad. Anyway, I get to the Caldera piece tomorrow about his secret police coming for your gas-powered lawnmower. All right, back to the trends of eating earlier. This is quite, quite fascinating to me. I'll do it real quick, and then I'll uh, take the break. But let me do this real quick, because I have a theory as to why this is happening. Uh, my theory is that, well, let me, let me tell you the facts here. here. Here's what we know facts. People are eating earlier. Reservations are coming in earlier at, at uh, restaurants. And it's really a change. Uh, uh, Uber trips, say restaurant trips, uh, on Uber are now between 4 and 5 p.m. are up almost 10% since pre-COVID. Rides to restaurants 8 p.m. are after 8 p.m. are now down 9%. So uh, people are just being earlier. Broadway shows are starting earlier. 8 p.m. used to be the norm on a Friday show. But a third of them are their, their, their shows start at 7 p.m. because people want out of there earlier. So why are people shifting to from night owls to early birds? One thought, and I disagree with this one, I don't think this is right, it's become trendy for younger people to be healthy, avoid alcohol, and get a better night's sleep. That's possible. But here's the other fact. This is what I thought. I thought uh, all of a sudden people started working from home uh, after COVID. A lot of folks still work from home. And so it used to go to dinner. You had to go home from the office, drive home, get ready, and then you went out. But now you're already at home, and all you got to do is get ready. You don't have that afternoon commute, and therefore you can meet up with people earlier. And then, of course, because a lot of folks work at home, they can also, <clears throat> don't tell the boss, skip out a little bit earlier 
because the boss isn't there. I think that's probably the theory. People just don't have that afternoon commute to get home, let the dog out, water the dog, do the, feed the cat, all the stuff they have to do, then go out. I, th- I think that's why things have moved early. Anyway, Wall Street Journal, it's an interesting trend that has happened. Uh, we have become early birds, not night owls. So anyway, I, I find this stuff fascinating. All right, everybody, stand by. Lakey on the radio. I appreciate you listening. We're going to do one more final segment. If you'd like the final word, why don't you send me an email, Jimmy Lakey at iheartmedia.com. Also, 866-888-5449. First time I think I've given the phone number out all day long. And also, you can find me on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jimmy Lakey fan page. Stand by. 600 KCOL. One segment to go. Don't miss it. Oh, I don't have time to look yet. I'm so excited, though. I just got a file from one of my team members in Rwanda from a charity, and I know what it is. Um, uh, This is our third or fourth, I guess, graduating class uh, from our Rivers Promise Legacy Christian Academy of Kindergartners. And always so cute they do a kindergarten graduation. And I just saw it pop up that Davis, one of my team members over there, just sent me a file, a link out to a file where I can see all the photos of our kindergarten graduation today. So uh, that's a, I'm so excited now. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm pumped. I can't wait till the show's done. Not because I want to leave you, but because I get to look at the kindergarten graduation photos of little kindergartners get, getting ready to head off to first grade. And um, they head off to first grade, and uh, they have their caps and gowns on. And uh, hopefully, and uh, good Lord willing, with sponsorship, they'll be able to graduate high school. And education, I've said this, the reason I started a school and do what we've even started sponsoring kids, sending them to school, is because I always say education is the ladder that a kid can use to climb from the pit of extreme poverty. And that's what we're doing. We're helping these kids climb out of poverty. By the way, I'll tell you this. If you ever go to my website, riverspromise.org, um, You oftentimes see some kids that are marked on that, if you go to sponsorship, greatest or biggest need. Uh, Some of those are kids, basically, I'm not going to, we send all, the kindergartners all go. We send uh, dozens of kindergartners to school. And I I help with a lot of that, personally. And then what we do while they're in kindergarten is we try to find them sponsors so that they can continue their educational journey. And uh, hopefully by the end, uh, we still have a few kids in this graduating kindergarten class that don't have sponsors, and therefore, if we don't get them soon, they don't go to first grade. Uh, well, we try to get them to first grade, but we can't send everybody without a sponsor. To for... Anyway, so if, if you do feel so led of the Lord, uh, or whatever leads you, uh, go to my website, riverspromise.org, click sponsorship. If you see a kid called biggest, that has biggest need across your name, that's an important kid. That's that's a kid that needs a sponsor so that they can continue their educational journey. And some of those are kindergarten, some are first grader, might have lost a sponsor. But if you, if you want to pick up a kid, go to Biggest Need. Those are always important kids. There's a lot of them. Uh, riverspromise.org and help them stay in school. I, I can't wait to see these photos. I'll, I'll post some of them. How about that? Anybody get tired of me posting this stuff? I posted the water. We, we, we put water at our school over there. I posted that video up, and a lot of you liked that, and so a lot of you shared it as well. I appreciate that as well. Uh, but I'll put up these kindergarten photos, and they will melt your heart. So anyway, go to the, go to the site. Uh, see, oh, I'm just, I, oh my, good Lord, it's the final segment, isn't it? All right, I've got to get to this Caldera piece. I'm going to save it until tomorrow uh, because... The, 
as I'm reading another warning uh, that in California they're telling people don't charge your cars very much because where our electrical grid is taxed, and yet there's counties and cities and almost statewide they're starting to ban gas-powered lawnmowers, and now they're saying everybody's got to have an electric-powered lawnmower, and so they're telling you you can't charge your car. Pretty soon they're going to tell you don't charge your uh, lawnmower, and you're just going to say because they can't, they don't have enough electricity or energy supply with electricity, which is produced by coal, by the way, uh, to pr- to run the air conditioning there. So it's really just bizarre. We keep taxing our electrical grid, and yet we keep telling people and trying to force them into electrification, and it's just not working out right now. Again, I've got no problem with the electric cars. I, I rode that Tesla this week, and I said, this is a gorgeous car. Now... Am I going to buy one? Not with the. I mean, it was tempting to think my next car maybe should be a Tesla, uh, but then I started hearing the warnings about charging, and I'm like, oh, maybe not. And then I saw the and the screens were cool, but I'm afraid I get distracted by that. Now I've got a buddy who's got a uh, one of the new uh, Broncos. Oh, that's a gorgeous car. I've got another friend that's ordering the Raptor version of that Ford Bronco. So I I don't know what I'm one day I'm going to get a new car, and when I do, I got to figure it out. I always start looking about a year or so out. What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Because uh, I got a lot of miles on my car, and one day it's going to go kaput because I drive cars until they go kaput. Anyway, just saying, I, the Tesla's beautiful, but uh, I'm I just watching these warnings out there of don't charge your car, and I'm thinking, that's crazy. And Caldera's got this fantastic piece. I'll, I'll put it up so you can do your homework, and then we'll reconvene class tomorrow, and we'll talk about it. And Colorado is also becoming one of these states that, uh, uh, even though the electrical grid is already taxed, and they're telling you don't charge your car at certain times here as well in some places because the same reason California, Phoenix, the heat. Uh, they want you to now plug in your lawnmower and other things and, uh, again, just keep draining energy that evidently we don't have. Really bizarre world we live in. We'll discuss tomorrow morning, and the Caldera piece is absolutely fantastic on it. It really is. All right, tomorrow is the Friday edition of the radio show. I'll give you the latest on the Jason Aldean video. It is uh, it is uh, weird how they thought they were going to try to cancel Jason Aldean, and he's making a heck of a lot of money off that song, and that video's getting more hits than it ever would have gotten had they not pulled out the cancel culture on him. All right. Hey, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for listening to the program. I do appreciate you immensely. Don't forget all the interviews and conversation of the show can be found at JimmyLakey.com. That's my name, JimmyLakey.com. Uh, for the charity stuff I talk about, the golf event, all that, that's at riverspromise.org. Follow me on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Jimmy Lakey fan page. And again, jimmylakey.com. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton are up next. Good Lord willing, I'm back here tomorrow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.